Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back. Season 2, Episode 11, Bald to Bald Podcast. Shane Taggart here, as always, with my bald brother, TJ Jones, breaking down some excellent college lacrosse for you here. T, before we dive into uh, an interesting weekend, to say the least, how are we? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I'm getting, I'm getting back in the gym. On the grind right now. I'm in my cities. Got some pre, got some new pre workout. Got some new supplements. Gonna start grinding out the gym. Headed into beach season. Heading into wedding season. So, I feel good. Hey, I mean, you got to start somewhere to get somewhere. Um, you know, and you know this better than anyone. You don't want to go too hard too early. We don't need you being sore all the time. Exactly. exactly. Just a little bit each day. But hey, yeah, I think we can. I was going to say, I think we can both agree it was a very interesting weekend of college lacrosse here with a lot of conference play beginning. And it started on Friday where – and let me just pull my fins up here. Actually, it didn't start on Friday. I apologize. Bozo moved by me. It started Saturday where we saw – I don't think it's a few upsets. Some of us were right in our decision-making. But I want to start with a matchup up at West Point where we saw the Loyola Greyhounds lay a dud to the Army Black Knights, and the Patriot League is going to go through Army again. Which is honestly shocking, and we've talked about this before, the fact that Army was was just able to like recoup what they lost. And it's just a product to how they play and kind of their brand of lacrosse and, and what their brand is in general. Like They're just, they're just plug-and-play athletes. And they get every single person on that team can do the same thing. So you lose a guy like Nick Turner and you think, oh, shit, like how are we going to replace him on offense? Well, you just get it from six guys. Like they have, they, they have such an even distribution of scoring. They still play great defense. And they're, they're shockingly 7-1. and one. I would have expected Loyola to give them a better fight. But I think Loyola is a bit of a trendy, like – I don't know what we're going to see from them each week. Yeah, I, I think they, they got the benefit of the doubt earlier in the year where they beat Maryland when Maryland has a, a big-time goalie malfunction, and then they play an unbelievable game against Hopkins at home coming off that win. But since then, they just haven't really done much. They've had a few games where you know they've been failing to score more than 10 goals a game against higher competition in – Rutgers, Duke, and now Army, where at one point they probably had the best resume heading into, you know, later in the year for building that at-large case. But that might not be that might not last because they have one more big time game against Georgetown and I would say Lehigh. And if they go 0 and 5 in out of or not well, yeah, 0 and 5 into the big dogs, but you have two wins over Hop and Maryland, who are both going to be top 10 teams end of the year. That might get you in, but I, I, I don't I, I don't think the committee is going to ride with that considering what they did last year with Notre Dame and Duke. So I think they might be shit out of luck. I, I agree. I think they're pretty SOL unless they have a win in the Patriot League or were to like in the Patriot League tournament, I mean, or would or end up going far in the Patriot League tournament losing a tough championship game. Like maybe depending on what happens with other teams and other conferences, they can squeak in, but I think if with everything in the Patriot League, you're a one bid league. You got to yeah. win your conference tournament no matter what. 
Yeah, that's, and that's where your goal should be. And Loyola, they are really the true like numbers never lie. Um, you know, their goalie had fifty five percent between the pipes, which any team in the country would sign up for. But their lack of consistency at the X is really what's the underlying factor. And like so many teams, going thirty five percent on a college lacrosse Saturday, you're just so behind the eight ball in in regards to possessions. And if you're not scoring, the turnovers start to add up, and you kind of get in your own head for a sense. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think that'll be something to keep an eye on. But heading down to the game that I was on the call for between Duke and St. Joe's, um, Duke able to get out of Sweeney Field with a win. Really shitty, cloudy Saturday game. And this, the Blue Devils are for real. That defense was insanely impressive, allowing St. Joe's to score just three goals in the six-on-six inside-the-box offense, which is pretty remarkable considering this ends the streak for St. Joe's. They had a 35-game streak of scoring 10 goals a game. Now that is over. Uh, so That's terrible. Tough I, to see I, it come to an end. It's, it's a tough one. I mean, they're still a high-flying offense, so two ways about it, but you go up against a a elite group of defensemen. Um who were able to just like do do what they needed with the St. Joe's attack for the most part. Carter Page is a goal scorer and he'll continue to score goals no matter what. Um, but if I'm the Hawks, I'm happy with I'm happy with the performance. Um, I don't think in the beginning of the year, if you said we were gonna go 0 and three against Hopkins, Penn, and, and Duke, our two like our three like big out of conference games this year, um, I think they the team would be disappointed. I think you'd be disappointed, but I think they're all hard-fought games, one goal, two goal, three goal games, and th- they seem tuned up and ready to go heading into conference play. Finally got our goalie situation figured out. Man up for me of the week is Shane Ryan, kid. Florida of the year. They're not Florida. Player, Florida player of the year when he came out of high school. Um, a, kind of a carousel in net. I gave him all shit last week after a tough outing, and we couldn't get anything right. But we finally got the goalie position right, I think, Shane. And uh, I think we're feeling good headed into conference play. Yeah, I would agree with that, too. Um, And, you know, calling their games all year long and watching. The defense looked a lot more sound. I know they had a couple lineup changes, you know, dealing with some injuries and whatnot. But um, they looked a lot more confident on the back end, which was nice. I thought Ryan or Shane Ryan played a – very good. I mean, your fucking college debut. You're hosting the number four team in the country. Like, exactly. And no, so, like, no, like team that's just like getting up the rankings, like a Penn State or a Villanova. Like, we're talking about the Duke Blue Devils and the time yeah, the, I mean, team in the country. They're one goal away from being undefeated. Probably the number one team in the country. Um, hand up. You know, I earlier in the year I thought Brennan O'Neill was a little overrated, which was pretty dumb of me to say at the time, considering what he's done. He leads the country and. Points for once, I'm wrong, so I'll put my hand up to that. Give me a but, but the, I mean, dude, he he's just a grown man out there, and like I saw Hanley live, he's a bigger. I think Hanley's bigger and faster, like freak athlete. But like O'Neill, at one point, like turned the corner, and a Saint Joe's teammate just legit bounced off of him, like went three yards on the ground and fell, and you know he just commands so much respect that. If he wants his left hand, he's going to get it. And the goal he scored to kind of steal the deal before St. Joe's made like a little run at the end, 
kind of was like, yo, if he doesn't score that, they get a save and they score now. It's like a two-goal game with a minute left. Like that was getting pretty dicey if, if you're the Blue Devils. And, you know, they have, I mean, they have their toughest game of the year Friday against Virginia where you're not going to get away with that. Um, and I don't want to talk too much into a preview, but I, I can't wait to see that defense again against that UVA offense who we're going to talk about too very shortly where um, the Cavs got back on track. Oh, for sure. Um, one last thing about Brennan O'Neill when you talk about like just like physical specimens and guys like Sam Hamley, it's it's like they demand respect, but it's also their presence on the field. Like you watch them move around on the field, you watch them shoot, whether it's a whether it's a miss or a make or a save, like you can feel the veracity and the ferociousness of the ball when it comes out of their stick. Like the way he dodges is so like heavy and physical, but also so like agile like it seems like he's yeah. like undercover fast for how big he is and same with sam hanley and guys like that so i mean it was great to watch him play um it was a, i mean like we said a great test for the hawks but uh um duke's got a bigger test for them in uva next week for sure yeah and, and kind of last thing i'll say with st joe's is you know you play three top 20 teams you lose it by a total of like six goal or five goals total total in that stretch, and obviously you lose to Drexel, but um, the A-10 is wide open. Richmond just had a dog fight with St. John's. Hobart just got smacked by Syracuse. Um, St. Bonnie's is really struggling without Dobson in, in the net this year, you can kind of say. And then UMass has been sneaky, like people's favorite. They're, they're talking about the Minutemen a little bit more. So, um, so nothing to worry about. A, a nice stretch here heading into conference play for, for little old St. Joe's and uh, moving to the next game, Georgetown-Lehigh. I didn't catch any of this during the, the broadcast. I pulled up my phone. I saw Lehigh was kind of up big. And I was like, well, that's interesting. And then Georgetown prevails. You pick this one right, Lehigh plus six. Um, just considering I didn't really watch the game, I don't have much to say. But, um, you know, Georgetown is, is gearing up for, you know, they're they're going to be playing a tough slate here with, with the Big East play. And they get Denver on Saturday. So that's going to be a – can they because they got four in a row now and i know you said it you've been you know talking about this team like you went there but if they if they beat denver like pretty convincing i'll start to take back some words but if they lose to denver i'm hammering them on on monday i'm hammering them i think i think you gotta wait and see what the what the result is denver is not a bad team by any means they've been in close games against big teams all year um, right. I think, you know, Lehigh plus six, just too, just too big of a, of a line for a game like that. Like, I don't know where that came from. Like you kind of, you kind of sniff out the lines in there in the first half of the week. And I mean, I got this at six, like on Friday. So it was just, it was just a weird line. Um, it was a close game for the most part, but Georgetown was able to prevail. Um, but yeah, for Georgetown, the Hoyas, the boys down in DC, Denver, you're circling two games left on your on your calendar. And that's Denver and Villanova. One next week, one in the end of the year. Those are the games that matter for these guys. Well, speaking of Villanova, I would like to make a special announcement here. Breaking news as we record this on a Monday. They just lost to Brown. And I'm officially putting them on the I am done with I'm done with this team. Not just because of, of a loss to Brown here, but when you, you know, when I talk about like being a top five team, again, Virginia, Maryland, like Duke, Duke 
Notre Dame, yeah. Notre Dame. All those teams have unbelievable players at each position. They have an elite faceoff guy or an elite goalie. They have an all American they have a, a Torton player at attack. They have lockdown defensemen. You can name their third defenseman who would be the number one defenseman on any team. I look at a team like Villanova. Yes, they have Matt Campbell, who's having a really good year. And they have Patrick Daly, who's also having a great year. Outside of those two guys, who the fuck is this team? Like, yeah, they beat Penn State earlier in the year. Okay, you just lost to Yale. You squeaked by Delaware. You double up Drexel. You squeaked by Penn. You squeaked by Mammoth. You beat Navy, who's the joke. And then now you lose to Brown. So having this team at six in the country kind of don't respect anybody that had them up that high. And I, and I called this game live. That's, that's not a top five team in any, no. in any words in this country. No way. I mean, it's, this, is a, this is a product of a team that was just stacking wins. And, like, wins are wins. So, again, Penn by one is still a win. You know, Penn State by two is still a win. Monmouth by four is still a win. Like, right. It, it's just you're not looking. You're looking at the at the win loss record and not at who they're playing. And then you, when you see a loss on a Monday to Brown, like, it, it, you kind of expect it. it. It's not shocking to me because this team was like just they were just ready to like that upset was about to happen. That like what the hell happened moment just happened. Yeah, and it's listen. It's hard to win. Any winning streak in college lacrosse is hard. I mean, this team, they were on a six-game winning streak, kind of on a heater all throughout March and the end of February. But I've seen multiple top ten. I've, I've watched every team in the country this year. That team wouldn't be able to keep up with Notre Dame. They're not staying on the field against Maryland. Like, they are getting their doors blown off if Duke plays them. So, yeah. listen, congrats. You got all the way up there. You get to kick the shit out of St. John's probably on Saturday. And then you got to go to Denver and you're going to end your year at Georgetown. So the Big East, that's wide open as well. Absolutely. Um, I, might be, I might be calling them the big fraud. The big dude, fraud they've got class. three good teams. They're not yeah. frauds. Frauds. Um, moving on from that, North Carolina, just always want to give them a shout out. You, just a tough game against Providence. Um, you know, really proud of what the Tar Heels are able to endure week after week. I mean, I'm so confused with this team. Hold on, before we before, don't need to talk about it too much, but like, I'm so confused with this team. Like, they just it seems like these games that they're playing against like bad teams at home, they just kick the shit out of them, and then they go on the road to like Ohio State and Duke and just like don't show up. And Den or they played home at Denver, but like they just don't show up against these big these big teams and then just completely kick the shit out of the smaller, smaller teams on their, on their schedule. That is not a recipe to winning in the ACC, but I mean, more power to them, I guess. No, no. And, and it's, it, it just really goes to show like the schedule makers. And I, again, I have no idea how these teams do it. I know there's sometimes where it's like, Hey, you know, we'll play this team in two years and you have a run where you play a team you know, every year, then it stops for whatever reason. But it's like, why would you why would you schedule um like Mercer week one? All right, that's a tune-up game. A lot of big time programs get that. It's good for the smaller schools. It's a cool experience. Then like you beat Hopkins, you lay an egg against Ohio State, you beat Cuse, you drop one to Denver, you beat Brown, 
You get whopped by Duke. Then you get to, then how do you get a stretch of Dartmouth, High Point, and Providence? Yes, High Point geographically, it makes sense. But like, why the fuck are they playing Providence this late in the year? Yeah, it just like you should be tuning up for your ACC play, like a heart of your ACC schedule. They go, they do Virginia, Syracuse, Notre Dame twice at the end of the year. Like you should be Which, tuning that, that game that up with sucks. Denver or Brown or High Point, even like wait, like get get your guys ready for that. I don't know. Well, even, you know, they play Notre Dame and then Notre Dame two weeks later, um, which I think is pretty – I mean, listen, the ACC is weird. The way it's shaking out right now, it could be Virginia 1, Duke the 2, Notre Dame the 3, and then a, a UNC the 4. Depending on it, the Duke-Notre Dame and, you know, those teams have a weird schedule coming up there. You could play Notre Dame three times in a row. Ex- which is just just weird, and you, that's that's a situation where you you worry about Notre Dame like slipping in the ACC tournament, and then that affecting their their NCAA tournament like situation. So, and you know, I mean, again, UNC. It it is funny though, but <laughs> I I don't like to shit on guys that have had a more successful career than me, but I'm going to. But like Logan McGovern, does anybody have? higher stacks like meaningless so he's he's got 47 points on the year right 27 and 20. six are to mercer eight at q so i'll give you that eight against dartmouth seven against high point five against providence in any important game hopkins two ohio state two denver two duke three like you, you don't have 47 points. Like, get the yeah, fuck out of that is definitely some stat padding if I've ever seen it. <laughs> if he ends the year, what do they got? They got four games left. Dude, if he ends the year under 65, no, that, that's not fair to. If he doesn't get to 65 points, is that bad? I would say like six. I could see him ending the year under 60 points. Under 60, it's like. All right, like, All right, well, we just we just went through it. He's gonna, yeah, I mean, he'll, he'll probably, I mean, he'll play Syracuse again. So let's see what happens there. But they'll be ready for him this time. And you're gonna, I mean, you're gonna play a tough schedule. I don't know. We'll see. Well, that, I mean, that's North Carolina Providence recap for you there. Uh, way longer than I expected to. I, yeah. I do. I want to save the main game T for later, but other scores that have some, you know, significance. Syracuse uh, whooping Hobart. Uh, saw a great video on Twitter. Someone from Hobart just chucking an egg at the Syracuse bus pregame when they were driving in there, smote the window. Um, so that was actually pretty funny. Um, UMass uh, squeaking one out against Brown. Shout out to Brown. Two games, three days. You know, knock off the number six team in the country today after you lose to UMass. So very nice bounce back win. Um, Richmond squeaking by. Always tough to play up at Queens. Um, and then – these next three games are, I guess, five games, too. We could really dice up in any order, but Yale is in shambles. Absolutely it, shambles. It is bad in Connecticut. I, If I was, like, a backup guy on that team, I'd be like, this is awful. I'm not playing. We're giving up 20 a game, and I'm having to pay for it during practice. Dude, they, they have, like – And they're still in the – how are you in the top 20 if you give up tw- – like, they're ranked higher than how many goals they gave up last week. 
like barely. They're they're literally the twentieth team. Like they're going. They're, they, scored, they scored three touchdowns on them. I mean, I don't. That should never happen in an Ivy League game. Um, PJ, do you know how many? Go- do you know how many goals that is? You're that goalie is turning and raking twenty three times. Yeah. Well, guess what? My man down of the week is Jared Paquette. That's for damn All right. sure. <laughs> like, I listen. I don't. I I would I had come across some news that Yale um, had lost their offensive coordinator this year. Um, unexpected career change. He decided to go be uh, a police officer. Obviously, and we, su- much and, we, and we support the blue. We, we, we the blue. much respect for them. Shut up, Siri. Um, back the blue. Much support for them. Um, but they're definitely offensively. You can see it. Like they're just not. They're not showing up in big games. Um, and th- like they're they're in a scary situation. Like you've lost your two two out of your three big Ivy League games you've lost already. On top of the fact that you gave up a tough loss to Penn State, like you got Penn next week. You have to bounce back against Penn. Penn is down this year. They have bad injuries. Like it's gonna be a dogfight, and you have you also have to go down to University City. So We'll see how that goes. But if you don't bounce back against Penn, you're staring at the four seed in the Ivy League tournament, and you better hope you can get right by that point because there, there's either you either win the Ivy League tournament or you're not going to the dance. Well, that's number one. I mean, Cor- Cornell's the one. As if the tournament were to start today, it'd be Cornell, Dartmouth, what? Harvard, <laughs> Penn, Princeton. So, I, I mean, you go to 0-3. It's it's a wrap because you get a nice you get a a, a, a BU game, which that's not going to be a walk in the park. No, and and that's on a short that's on a short week too. So you go two pen quick turnaround versus BU. You're playing three games in, in a week. Dartmouth just beat Harvard. Like they're not they're not yeah, no, walking the park this, either. Yeah, this this could be. I mean, this is make or break. Three games in seven days when your team's giving up twenty plus a game now. And your offense is only going to be averaging ten a game. That that's just not good. Um, also, Chris Lyons just twenty five goals, no assists this year. I respect that. Like either either just score goals and don't even. Oh, he's got an assist. No, no, no. I want this kid to have forty and zero. I think I think Carter Page is like twenty six and two, but like twenty five and just zero assists zero. is hilarious. Like I'm not passing this fucking ball, but. You know, they play Brown, they got Albany and Harvard. So if you look at it, hey, we lose to the to Cornell and Princeton. I mean, shit, man. You go Yeah, and again, I think I picked Yale to go deep. Did I pick them to win it? Yale? I think I picked Yale to win the national championship. Yeah, well, you fucking missed that one. I picked them to the final four. They are I honestly my final four looks good. We got Maryland, Cornell, Notre Dame, and Yale. Yale is the only team I'll scratch out of there. There's no way they make it to the final four at this point, but three or four is pretty good before the season started. Yeah. So, I mean, Yale, I, I think it's time. If, if things go bad on Saturday, they're done. Um, and then the, the two Big Ten games I wanted to touch on before the, the main one Maryland, Penn State. I, I apologize to everyone. I gave out a loser there. Um, I really thought the Terps were going to open that one up. So, Penn State, I, I'll give you a little pat on the back hey, for, listen, su- Penn State- for surprising me. Penn State looks good. Like I don't like. I watched a little bit of the game. It, obviously, a close one. I was expecting Maryland to win, you know, and they and they did. No, no two ways about it. But like this Penn State team just looks 
good against these tougher opponents. I still don't understand how they fucking lost to Marquette. But, like, you got to – I mean, we'll get into the Ohio State situation, but, like, they, they have an – they have a good chance to compete in the in the Big Ten tournament, and they they have a shot to win if they were to match up against Maryland again in the in the Big Ten championship. I I'd give them a fighter shot. Well, in my in my pregame analysis, I said it's going to come down to specialists. Penn State wins the go- they win the goalie battle, so I'm like, all right, you got that one, but you get absolutely cooked at the X, like. <laughs> So it, it, it doesn't matter. You're just not getting the ball. And just look at the – if you look at the stat sheet, this is how you know Maryland, and they're my number one team in the country right now. They are so fucking balanced, man. Like 2-1, and 3-0, 1-1, 2-0, 2-0, 1-1. Like they, like they have so many guys, whether it's an assist, whether it's a pull, whether it's the faceoff man, whether it's a D-midi scoring, like – they find ways to generate offense outside of six on six. And then you look at Penn State, and it's like, you know, the uh, the Trainer brothers, you know, they put up seven points total. TJ Malone gets two and one. Um, and Kevin Winkoff goes two and oh. Other than that, it's like one guy, one guy, one guy. Like Maryland is built to, they can take away your number one, your number two, and your number three. And they are just more talented than your four, five, and six on offense. So again, the Terps roll. Um, very impressive as well, which is great. Um, and then the other Big Ten matchup I wanted to talk about was Michigan Hopkins. Again, gave out a winner per usual. It's what we've been doing this year, 64% on the year. But, again, we don't brag. Um, very interesting game. I mean, Hopkins is a – I think they're going to end the year around that top five mark. I, I do. It's I, – I, I, I don't know. They're a weird team, though, a little bit because – they're not great at the X. They're not bad on offense. But it's just something about Hopkins where I'm like, are they back? They they are back, dude. They're I I'm a huge Hopkins fan this year. Um this was this was easily the biggest game that Michigan has hosted in, in the history of its program. Um Saturday night against Hopkins. And they, they like they played well. Um but I said this in the beginning of the year when their goalie like literally couldn't save a beach ball against UVA and they were in the game against UVA. All they needed was somebody to go make a couple saves. Like the, like you just need, you need 50% out of your goalie these days to compete with these teams. Like I know it's shooters are getting better and better. The shot clock makes it. So you're seeing more and more shots and it's tough as a goalie. No two ways about it. If you are sitting at 50% and you're fighting with these teams, like, that's all you need. But Shane Carr hit 35% against yeah, Hopkins in a four-goal game. Like, that's where you lose it. That's where you lost it. Yeah, I, I also and, – and this has nothing to do with the actual game, but this is just from a uniform standpoint. I like Hopkins with the black tops and the, the light blue short combo and the black helmet. I think that looks clean. I, I want to talk to whoever's running the, the uniforms at Michigan because – you have an iconic helmet for your football team, um, but the, the sleeveless all yellow and the blue undershirt—that's just—it's just—it looks gross, dude. I I hate the sleeveless look with the two tone because it just gives me practice pity vibes. 
And it's such practice penny vibes. And, and and this is this is a rule for all, all those young young players out there. If you're gonna wear sleeves, put them over your arm pads. You look like a fucking dork with arm pads over your sleeves. So you're saying long sleeves. You yeah. put the arm pads under. Okay. Oh, I'm a goalie. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I wear what I wear. when you're getting ready, like obviously like you wear a t-shirt like under it so you don't fucking get like rash. Um, rash. but then you, but like a bad rash, you go, you go like tight undershirt, shoulder pads, arm pads. Then you throw your long sleeve over that. Then your Jersey, because you just look like, like I'm looking at their Twitter video right now. And this one defensive, you look like a weenie, dude. Like, you, like <laughs> it just doesn't look clean. Weenie on junior. Dude, because it, it, it's, it's, it's maze, blue, arm pad, blue, glove. Like, it, it just, it looks like a shitty, it's, a I can't fucking print. stand Dude, I can't stand it. I can't stand the sleeveless jerseys. Yeah, I know. St. Joe's does it. They go black on black, though, so you can't really tell from a distance. That's fair. Like the- no, I, I don't disagree with you. I, I I think the sleeveless jerseys are nice. I always I never liked having like the sleeves, especially if they got longer. Um, but you're right. You gotta you gotta you gotta wear it right. And if you're not wearing it right, you gotta go back to the drawing what, board. What ha- what happened to white shorts? Do teams just not rock white shorts anymore? I feel like it's yeah, it's kind of weird. I, I I think it looks I think it looks fine. It goes with everything. Uh I don't know. I don't know. I like if you're going all white, maybe. I don't know. That's just my opinion. Um, again, Michigan, you're you're kind like you're right there. You're this is a game that you can break through, change the tra- trajectory of your program. You know, this is a that's a recruiting one. Like, hey, we hosted Hopkins here. They're the number eight team in the country. We beat them. It was an awesome Saturday night experience. The place was packed. But instead, you drop to the basement of the Big Ten again, where you've been living. And now it's like, okay, like you have an up and coming schedule. If you got to go to Maryland, loss, two Rutgers, would be a win, to Penn State. I think that's a loss. And then you play the Ohio State University to end your season. So it, like, I I just I don't think Michigan makes the Big Ten tournament. I think they're one and three at best in that stretch, and it just is what it is. You know, they are where they they end up being exactly where they should be at the bottom of the Big Ten. I think they had an opportunity this year to change to right the wrong. Their offense looks yep. good. That Scotty B to hire look hire looks really damn good. Um, whoever's coaching the goalies up, I need you to figure it out. You got a guy who's at forty one percent on the year. It may be time to take him out. Well, yeah, even you know, in this four game stretch last year, they what what was it last year? They went seven and zero, and then zero and seven. Exactly. Year, so they're four and four right now. They're going to go four and four, or they're going four and five, four and six. Yeah, I mean they're going to be under five hundred. So Michigan, good season this year. Better luck next year. Um, that's our, and then we got to talk about. It, and I sorry for the delay, everybody, but Notre Dame, Virginia, number one. What an atmosphere. It was a shitty day, standing room only, the famous line, we got a party at Arlotta, the football team coming out, a little bit of snow, a little bit of rain. I've never been to Notre Dame's uh, field. It looks awesome. Like the, uh, the stone, the bleachers are up top. Looks like just a great place to watch a game. And I think Virginia losing to Maryland was the best, the best thing that could happen to the Hoos. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I, I was, I mean, UVA, 
is a team that's obviously like they're number one again. They're they literally took a week off of being number one in the polls and they're back at number one. Like yeah. they are, they have everything you can ever need on offense. And you're right. I think I think them taking taking the loss against Maryland heading into this Notre Dame game was perfect for them. Like they just they seemed motivated. They seemed like they were clicking on all sides of the field. Um, their goalie play was great. You know, facing off, they were great. Like they, they just were, they were flawless all over the field. Um, I was, I'm obviously a little upset because I took Notre Dame and I'm and Notre Dame's my pick um, coming out of the ACC. And I still think they're going to be good. Um, I don't know what's going on with their goalie play. It just hasn't been great. I expect this defense to just be way better and they're, and they're not um, offensively. They they're doing everything right. It's what it seems, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, when I look at this game, I watched I watched it back this morning. I, I think the biggest takeaway was they looked like they wanted to go into Notre Dame and have something to prove. Like when they were celebrating, like I don't know if they were talking shit to like the people behind the net or like the Notre Dame sideline, but they were like talking a lot of shit after every goal. Like they would look at the crowd, like both, like put their hands up, like they were giving it to to the Irish faithful and. It took Notre Dame, It took the Irish a, a while to get going on offense before tying it, and then the depth of UVA just really came to fruition because Schellenberger had a, a solid game. Dixon was hitting absurd shots as well. Um, Dude, but- he was he like I think three or four of his goals came on the same like back pipe cut. Yeah, every single one. Schellenberger dodged X. Like honestly, if you're watching film of this team, like I don't know how you haven't solved for this at this point. It's pretty simple. Schellenberger gets the ball at X. He's going to get his hands free, and Xander Dixon's going to be coming down the back post. It's going to be there every time, and he's going to tap it in every and single if, time. Get your stick up or get your fucking hands on him. Like Christ. And if he and if he's not there. Schellenberger's gonna roll back to the other side, and then Peyton Cormier is gonna be there. So exactly, like, just for fuck's sake. It's very interesting looking at this UVA team. Obviously, you know they have three seniors all over thirty points this year. Um, Jeff Connor, he's got fourteen out of the midfield. Like, they're a very senior heavy team. So this is kind of like a I don't want to say all or nothing year. Now, I don't know what these guys have with the COVID year and all that bullshit, but they now have a stretch where they go Duke, Carolina, Duke, Hughes, Lafayette, Notre Dame. What is that so, Lafayette game doing in there? <laughs> yeah, who the fuck schedules that? But they got to see Notre Dame again, which is huge. And like we just touched on, they could play Notre Dame again really quick, too. They could play them three times this year, including the ACC tournament. Or they're going to play Duke three times. Now, I think well, one of those teams they'll play three times, hundred percent. Now I don't think I don't think they have a, a problem in in hell beating Cuse again. Or no, they're going to take care of Cuse. They're going to take care of Carolina. And if that Duke defense can play that the way they they did on Saturday against St. Joe's, it's going to be a good battle at the X. I don't think we've seen UVA's defense be tested with an offensive attack like Duke with a stud like O'Neal, a speedster in uh, Mac, Mac, oh, McAdory. And, you know, they have a finisher in Dyson Williams too, but they're midfield, man. They got like, Duke has some dogs in the midfield too. So that one, so that's going to be interesting. 
I think UVA, to your point, they just got that. I mean, I know Notre Dame doesn't have anybody like Brennan O'Neill, and that makes sense. But the Kavanaugh brothers are no yeah, no joke. Right. I think like like we said, like they came out like looking to prove something and they had a staple win against Notre Dame. I think they probably split the Duke matchup, if not go two and oh, and I could see Notre Dame coming back and beating them and Clockner at the end of the season. Um but it, like this this team is it, it, there's a clear top four in the country right now, or a clear top five, and then everybody else, it seems like. Like it's Cornell, Duke, Notre Dame, Maryland, UVA, everybody else. And five of those teams are competing for four spots on Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, I mean it's it's those five and then everybody else right now. If I, I think of Hopkins, if they if they can beat Maryland at the end of the year, I'll put them in that category. Now again, they've lost okay. to UVA. They've and I, I gotta pull up, I'll pull up Hopkins here later. But a team like Notre Dame now, okay, you're six and one. You play Cuse, Duke, Carolina, Virginia, and Carolina again. You kind of get lucky that you get Carolina twice. Yeah, 100%. And, again, you got to get Virginia twice. Is – am I – I don't know if I'm just dumb. I don't have a calendar in front of me. 5-6, is that already the big – the ACC tournament? Are you looking at – what schedule are you looking at? Notre Dame. They on their – on their calendar right now, it has it has them scheduled five six, and that's usually the first weekend in May. Is usually the conference, oh, right? So, I that's usually like when the conference championships played. So I don't know if the script got leaked again, but it, that, that's kind of interesting because they have Virginia has it down where they don't have they don't have anybody listed for that weekend yet. Well, 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 hold on. It's definitely not the ACC tournament. <laughs> right. So it's, it's neither here nor there. But just looking back at Virginia, the only way I see this team not making it to championship weekend is if Matt Nunes doesn't play his best lacrosse because he is the weakest point on this team. Crazy to say he's at 51%. But he, he's been he's really turned it around. And like that's it's when you have a guy like Kip Turner on your staff, I'm pretty sure he's still there. If he's not, I'm sorry. But yeah. like he like they should have good goalie play all the time. And new I, I like Nunes. I, I think he's a good goalie. I like the way he plays. He's been down this year for sure, but it seems like he's really turned a corner. He's been great the past two games in big situations, like and like you said, and, and this goes for any team in the NCAA tournament. You need your goalie saving the ball at 55% at least. You have to be hot in net to make it to, to the championship weekend and win the and win the championship. Um, but you're right. I think he's probably the weakest point of this team. And right now he's playing well. So it, it's it's tough to see this team not make it to the Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. I mean, and again, depending on the seeding and whatnot, but you know, they're going to get a home game. Klockner's going to be filled. They'll go to the, they'll go to that elite eight round, probably up in like Hofstra. And they're going to get either a pissed off big 10 team in that second round. And then you, or you might play another ACC team for the third time this year. So 
if UVA can figure it out between the pipes, I, I see them playing Memorial Day weekend. Now, that was Saturday in a nutshell. Obviously, there's a ton of other games. And frankly, I really don't give a shit about a lot of them, which is sad to say, but there's bigger fish to fry. And that is going to be – see, I, I might let you just take it away here. The Scarlet Knights of Rutgers. What happened? Did I just – God, you know, sometimes I know I don't have the best betting record on this podcast, but I've been fucking saying it for weeks, man. Rutgers, like, they don't pass the eye test. I know how much you love the eye test. Hey. They they do not pass the eye test. Like, they're not consistent at the faceoff X. Their goalie is extremely inconsistent. Um, They have – they just don't, like – they're, they're playing bad competition, like Marist, Stony Brook, St. John's, Utah, UMass. Like, they're beating up on teams that they, they're just like, it's, it's just whatever. You're supposed to beat up on those teams. Yeah. And, and then you, I, I, I said it, I said it last week. I was like, Rutgers better fucking win against Ohio State. And if, if they could kick the shit out of an Ohio State team that deserves to be beaten on this weekend, then I'll have respect for them. But they didn't. And now I'm back where I started. What, never I, actually never left. I I think this is the Ohio State team that we've all been being like. Let's see these defensemen. Like let's see like let's see you put it all together, and you hold Rutgers, you know, to seven goals. And Rob shout out, Scott was absolutely blanketed. He he went zero and zero. Knobloch went one and one. My boy Jack A. Moan, shout out Hunter and Central leading edge guy. He nice. went one and two. Other than that, like really nothing. And then in the net, like Kyle Mullen, you got lit up <laughs> like 39%. That's not winning you the Big Ten. And you got lit up, kid. <laughs> and, you know, like, and you, I mean, you say it every week. They do have a good faceoff guy in, uh, Dehenia. Dehenia, that's how you say his last name. Yeah. Two you know, nice. he goes, you know, he goes 70%, pretty much dominates Ohio State's, like, group but at the same time it's like if if you're not beating ohio state you ain't fucking beating maryland no you're not i so essentially dehenio goes 70 percent of the x and skyer wallen does 71 percent of net that pretty much negates all your possessions like yeah all those all those incremental extra possessions that you get from being at, like on a face-off advantage like that they're completely shot. taken away by the goalie play of Ohio State, which was great. On top of the fact, like like you said, we finally saw these defensemen like play the way we expect them to, and just like blanket the best players on other teams. And like Ohio State, like still like wasn't that great. Like they put up eleven goals. They put up eleven goals, and Jack Myers had one of them. Like he's supposed to be your best player. I I I, I don't know, but these are. This is so typical of two teams that I just don't care about anymore. I loved Ohio State in the beginning of the season, but at this point, I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I mean, they're on my list. Um, and they kind they're of shoved it. Rutgers shoved is it. on the top of my list. Yeah, R- Rutgers, if, and, it, and, you know, Ohio State, they go to Penn State and then a quick turnaround at Maryland. Or no, they host Maryland. They have three, they have three road games out of four to end the year. And, you know, Penn State, Maryland, Hopkins, Michigan. I mean, I can see them also going one and three to end the year, and they don't make the Big Ten tournament. 
I, I 100% agree. I mean, I, I don't I don't expect them to win. They have a chance to not win any of those games. I, I, go I, on the road against Michigan, essentially, Michigan has the opportunity to be, to be playing for a tournament spot. I don't know how the Big Ten tournament works. I don't remember. But yeah, like, it's, it's, it's top, the top four get in, but right now, Penn State and Michigan are at – well, it's three, I mean, they're all just 1-0 one, one or 0-1. Oh but, yeah, I, I don't think Ohio State – I mean, they're not beating Maryland. And someone's going to clip this one day. They're, they're not like, – this is where the DVD starts for them. <laughs> it'll start with us being like this team can't do it they don't have the pieces and they're just going to try and use that so if you if you go to ohio state and you're listening to this fuck you guys because <laughs> you're you're not winning the big 10 and i will take that to the grave but even rutgers at hopkins i think this game that saturday shows us if it's going to be maryland versus hopkins in the big 10 championship or maryland versus Ah, fuck, man! You throw Penn State in there too. Yeah, dude, you can't. I I think there's a there's an easy four right now. I, well, not an easy four. I think there's an easy three, and then the fourth is you know it's between it's between Rutgers and Ohio State. And yeah, you you did just mention, dude, their schedule: Maris, Stony Brook. You lose a one goal game to Army. You beat Loyola. You beat the Johnnies. You beat Utah. You beat Princeton in overtime by one. I mean, shit, if that Princeton game goes another way, nothing impressive. I guess the 11-5 win at UMass, that's no, probably that's the, not, that's, If you're Rutgers, that's not impressive. That's right, another, right, that's right, another right. day in the office. But what I'm saying, though, is like their best win is that Loyola or Princeton game, and neither of those wins look that impressive anymore. No, exactly. They're, I mean, they're a team that – I mean, it's hard. Are you, are you, are you going to say the F word? I, so I was, what I was gonna say, do it. do it. Well, I I okay. You know what? Call I'll it. say it. They're say fucking it. frauds. Yes. But what I was gonna say is they they might be on the outside looking in when it comes to the at large bids, but they're sitting at nine in the polls right now. Like, oh, okay. Well, all right. Well, well, let's get that. Let's get to that then, because the last game I wanted to touch on was Cornell Penn. Um, I I think the Quakers are dead. It's over. Um, Cornell's a wagon, dude. They're they've got yeah that that team. The the Ivy League runs through Cornell. The Quakers um, are not dead because Yale looks awful, but like it's it's Cornell and everybody else right now in the Ivy League. Well, I'm 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 I'm, I'm determined. They're dead. They're dead. Um, not dead, but these teams play a hundred times. Cornell beats them ninety nine ninety nine times. No way, dude. dude. I watched the game. Yeah, I had a couple pints in between. I that watched the game. Dude, just look at the all right, just look at Penn's offense. Right? You they barely beat Stinky Georgetown to start the year. They lose to Duke. Knocked off Fe- February Duke. So I'll I'll clarify February Duke. Then they lose to Penn State. They beat St. Joe's, who was fuck off. They lose to Nova. They barely beat Princeton. And they just get dumped on by CJ Curse and the Cornell Big Red. So since Gergar left, he's still fourth on their team in points. And he hasn't played in the last three games. That's fucking terrible. I mean, he was he was probably, if not, he might have been over Sam Hanley when it came to points at that point in the year. No, he was. It, it, but- it, well, listen, the Quakers aren't dead because the rest of the Ivy League isn't that great. Like 
they beat Princeton, and they're and what do you, do you think Princeton is the second best team in the Ivy League right now? You're gonna no, say Yale's not. the second best team in the Ivy League right now? No, I'm not. I mean, I, mean, I just, they're not I just, dead, but but they're no. I'm saying they're dead because they're not gonna beat Cornell. I think I I would I would take when you say 99 out of 100 games, I would put that down to like 85 out of 100 games. Okay, and I'm just saying and that's not dead. Any given Saturday. They go. They they host Yale. They go to Bruno. They go Mark to Bruno. Harvard. Frogs. They play dark. They play Dartmouth. Watch out for them. And then they end their year with Albany. Which again, who the fuck is scheduling these? I don't. I don't know. These weird end of year games for these teams. It just doesn't make but, any sense. But what sucks is if you if, again, Penn. If the season were to end today, and even if they win out and they lose the Ivy League. Their best win is Georgetown, Princeton, and St. Joe's. If St. Joe's doesn't win the A-10, if Princeton doesn't do well, and if Georgetown doesn't win the Big East, you're, that, you're not getting it. You're not an at-large team. No, I, I think I think the Ivy League's a one bid, a one bid league at most. It depends on how the rest of the schedule plays out. Like if, like, I don't. If you're Penn, you can you can easily beat Yale. You can easily beat Brown. That gets you to what five and four. Easily beat Harvard six and four. Dartmouth is seven and four, eight and four, heading into the Ivy League tournament over with big wins against the rest of the conference. And you see how they do in the Ivy League tournament. If they lose the Ivy League championship, maybe they're an at-large team. So I, I don't know. The Penn Quakers are not dead. I, I, they are not dead. They are. All right. Well, we'll see at the Ivy League tournament. We'll see. Watch. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a hit out for me now in, in Philadelphia talking about Penn. Exactly. Talking I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get my car one day. It's gonna be on blocks in University <laughs> City. Um, here's here's something for you, Crazy T. Uh, Cornell, they're they just hit the halfway point in their games. They have six games left. That's a lot of games. And even for them, at Dartmouth, that's a win. At Harvard, win. Marquette. On three days rest, that should be a win. I don't think that's a trap game. It's definitely a trap game. See what happened to Penn State. But then they get they're at Army, at Brown, and the year with Princeton. I think they should win out. Army's gonna be tough. If they if they handle Army, then Cornell might be playing Memorial Day weekend as well. I I already have a Memorial Day weekend. Um and even on that note. Let me ask you this: If you're if you're voting for the Tuarton, I know you don't have a vote yet. Not yet. Almost. Who who out of these three is getting the vote for you? O'Neill, Schellenberger, Kirst. Fuck. Um, it's definitely not Schellenberger. I can tell you that. Um. <laughs> I mean, I I think it's a close discussion between O'Neill and CJ. I th- I think like halfway through the year, I have to say I have to say O'Neill, but like CJ's right there. Like he's putting up huge numbers again in big games. Like I, I'll actually I'll take it back. I'm going to take CJ as a I'll, that is my vote for Tour Time winner at this point in the season. I think we got a long ways to go. If CJ can continue to put these numbers up against the rest of his schedule, he easily bumps himself over O'Neal. And I think it's going to 
if Brandon O'Neill does the same thing with his schedule, I think he bumps himself over CJ. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's between those two guys. Schellenberger is just, he's a points machine, but he's he's just not it. Like he's just not it. I mean, he, he just had seven points against Notre Dame. Yeah, because fucking Xander Dixon is literally fucking naked on the back post. Right, Every I, single day, sitting at the nude beaches in Europe all, all weekend long, dude. Fucking sitting there getting his high thighs tanned up. Nobody's well, near him. It, it's very interesting looking at those two players specifically because, you know, Cornell's played seven games and CJ's got 41 points and dude just played 10 games and O'Neill's got 52 points. So they're probably like if they're e- each at the 10 game mark, I I would imagine that CJ's right there with them. He's tied for first in the country with Ty Kurtz in goal scored this year. And then Shelton Berger's at number one in assists. And O'Neill's just in the middle. I mean, he's 52 points. He leads the country. And I wanted to bring this up to you. It doesn't feel like we're going to have that year where we have a guy who has the 110 points, 105 points on the year like we've seen previously. And I I don't think that's just a testament to how many better players there are in the country. But last year, like Wisnowskis, Nick Turn, Brandau, all were at 99 points or more. And I don't know, man. I just feel like – like right now, O'Neill's at at the top, like I just said. Last year, the, the guy who came in 30th was Ty Kurtz at Delaware. He had 67 points. All right, listen, I think I I agree with you. It just seems like I don't I don't know if it's the defenses are getting better, if the if the if coaches and teams are really scouting to stop these guys. But I agree, like there's like O'Neill probably gets to hundred points. But like you don't like right now in the season, I don't think that's a hundred percent sure. And I, I think these guys just aren't like going off every weekend. And I don't know if that's a testament to the schedules. I don't know if that's a testament to the scouting or how teams are game planning for them or what is the difference this year. But I, I agree, it seems odd that we don't have these like high flying offensive players like we like we're used to seeing. I'm going through years like in 2021, Bernhardt, Gray, and Sowers. And Schellenberger were the top four, 79, 81, 91, and 99. Like, I don't think anyone, I don't think they're doing that this year. 2020 was the 2020 was the COVID year. And somehow Chris Gray had 48 points. And Sowers right behind him with 47. Nick turned 46. Yeah. Like they had the guys had tons of numbers. And that what was that five, six games. But then if that, but then a year like 2019, Amen. 126 points. Pat Spencer. 114 points. Chris Gray, 108 points. O'Keefe, 96 points. Like, that's that's crazy, dude. Like, yeah, 2019 lacrosse was on steroids that year because you had seven guys over 90 points. And Matt Moore is right there who I – Matt Moore is one of my favorite players ever in lacrosse. Like, I just I, – I agree with you, man. It's it's weird. Like, and I, I can't put my finger on it because shot clock – like all, the, all the things and make it seem like it's better. Ben Reeves, 115. Gutterdine, 113. Heat, 99. Pat Spencer, 94. I don't even. Connor Fields, 117. That's so many fucking points. So here's one thing for you, and I think this is definitely fair. 
I think you think of those teams and those guys, like they were clear number ones on their team. Yeah. These, when you look at the top three that we just mentioned, O'Neal, um, Schellenberger, and CJ, Kirst, like, yes, they're their clear number ones on their team, but like, McAdory is just as fucking good. Like, he's just as much of a scorer. Dyson Williams yeah. puts the ball in the net. Schellenberger has Xander Dixon, who, again, I think is just a, like, a, beneficiary of having an absurd passer like Schellenberger, but you got Peyton Cormier, you've got um, Griffin Schutz, you've got Jeff Connor. Like you have so many guys on offense for Virginia that should, that are like still putting up points. And then, you know, same thing for Cornell to an extent. I think CJ is clearly the number one there, but I, I don't know. They've had a lot of low scoring games. So it, it's tough to put your to put a to put a finger on a on a specific thing. That's the reason why, but it's definitely interesting. Yeah, and and I think kind of to wrap up the points debate, it's it's just it's it's funny how trends come and go. Like seeing that I remember when we were still playing, it was like Lyle and Miles Thompson. They each had like hundred and fifteen points. Like that's never gonna happen again. No, no, definitely not. Um, and even you can even look at like Connor Fields' days, you know. 117 points. And I, I know the lines aren't out yet. Um, well, they, they are for the midweek games, which we have a ton of right now. Um, see, I, I don't mean to sound mean when I say this. If none of these games were played, it doesn't affect college lacrosse whatsoever, and that sucks. It's, it's unfortunate. You like to see better midweek games. Um, but our, our biggest gripe right now, and if I can get this game, I will be watching. And it is on ESPN. I am the biggest fucking Cleveland State fan tomorrow on Wednesday. Because <laughs> they play Jacksonville. And I, I need to get it out, see. How is this team still in the top 10? How are they number 10 in the country? All right, so let's get to the polls. I, I couldn't be more with you. Moving up in the polls after beating... It easily a bottom three team in the country. You, you, you like you beat Mercer by three goals three. coming off. Was this their like two week break that they had too, or something stupid like that? Like, I don't know. I Jacksonville bothers me to no end. They're literally going to be sitting in the top 10 for the rest of the year, and it's going to be piss me off every single week. So, they their, their next toughest game is going to be at Utah. On the thirty first. Whoa! Yeah, the team I, receiving votes is the toughest game of the year. And then they'll they'll end at Bellarmine and Air Force, which you know Air Force they're always a weird team. But if you look at and let me clarify this, I'm not shitting on any guys on on Jacksonville. Absolutely, absolutely, we're not. The, I'm not, we are not on, I'm not shitting on any of these dudes. These kids don't make the schedule. And but they definitely don't contribute to the polls. But if I would have told you that, and again, this team, I know they fucking beat Duke again, 13 to 12. I've heard it a hundred times this year. They haven't played anybody, but and they lost to Hopkins first game of the year. In this winning streak, they haven't played a team that I'm like I, I I have some respect, but I'm like, you beat Robert Morris, you beat Mercer, you beat St. John's, UMass Lau, High Point, Marist. Doesn't mean you're in the top. Like this Duke win, 
is keeping them in the top ten. And it should be, and it should be like what's keeping them in the top like fifteen. You know, if you're a top ten team, you should be also competing for an at large bid. They're if they don't win the A fund, they're not getting in the tournament. Like, yeah, exactly. I 100 percent agree with you. A top ten, a top ten team in the polls should be like in consideration for an at large bid if that season were to end right now. And they are no shot in hell in, in that conversation. And even it's funny, you know, they lost to Hopkins last year. They beat Duke last year. And they beat Denver last year. That that's why they were like a fun, a fun run team. They then they go on this big, they go last year 14 and three. And again, you beat Marquette, you beat Air Force, you beat the teams you're supposed to beat. And they play Richmond twice, and they beat them the first time. They lose the second time, 10-9, and you don't go to the tournament. 2021, 7-7. No way. It's just so frustrating. The like this Again, this is why the preseason polls completely ruin ruin kind of college lacrosse into some degree because – I'm looking at this. This is preseason. This is the preseason poll right now. T. Ready? UVA's one. Maryland's two. Yes. Fair. Georgetown was three. Or now, now on those Georgetown could easily be in the top ten by the end of the year. Okay. Cornell was four. Notre Dame was five. So okay. they they went eighty percent on nailing that. Yeah, eighty percent is fair. Okay. Okay. Princeton six out. Yale was seven out. Duke was eight, miss. They should be higher. Rutgers was nine, and Penn was 10. So the three Ivy Leagues in that one, all of them are out. They it's all hard, out of but it's, it's hard to predict what the Ivies – I don't think anybody was predicting the Ivies to look like this this year. Like, Yale had, has no reason to be bad, given that, right. like, like we talked about, their offensive the coordinator is gone. Like, like, they've got the whole team back. There's no reason they should be bad. Penn, you don't – expect the injury to Grigar. Granted, like, I don't know how much different that is. And Princeton, like, like Princeton's the team that, like, you can make the argument shouldn't have been up there for, to, to start the year. Like, that makes sense. They don't okay. really, you know, it is what it is. Um, the ne- but, but I don't think it's hard to predict the Ivy League. But I do I do agree, like, the, well, then, right well, now, T, the preseason now, school looks bad. Now, Ohio State, Delaware, Harvard, BU, St. Joe's. Listen, I'm a St. Joe's homer till the day I die. Like, they're out. BU's there. Harvard, out. Delaware, being honest, out. And Ohio State, like, yeah, you're top 20, but you're on the back end of it. And then again, it's Brown, Denver, Jacksonville, Carolina, Richmond. Denver, yes. Brown, get out. Jacksonville, I'll put you at 20 just out of respect for beating Duke and winning all your games that you're supposed to. But Carolina, like you're around, you're around 20 in Richmond, give or take. And dude, receiving votes. It's Cuse, Navy, Army, Michigan, Nova, Loyola, Utah, Vermont, Mass, Hopkins, Stony Brook. Like Stony Brook's not a top 20. Like they're not there. Vermont's are, not there. We are heading into week eight of the season, and you are still angry about the preseason. Oh. <laughs> no, because it's just because this is because Jacksonville being preseason 18 and then getting the benefit of the doubt because Denver lost ahead of them, Brown lost, Joe's lost, BU lost at one point, Harvard's lost, 
Delaware lost and Ohio State have lost, and so did Penn. So those they're able to slide up eight spots off of one big one goal game win against Duke. I'm sorry, that's fucking dumb. And ran. Okay. We're not now, talking about the preseason poll. Okay. I want to say one thing about the polls. Um, I kind of was mentioning it earlier. Georgetown could easily be a top ten team by the end of the season. Watch, watch, just watch my boys go to work. Um, I think Syracuse should be in the top twenty at this point in the season. Um, they had a tough four game losing streak, all against very good teams. You yeah. know, you lose to Duke by one, you lose to Hopkins by two, you lose to Maryland by three. The Carolina loss is probably the blemish on the schedule right now. Um, yeah. but they've battled off three like demanding wins against teams that they should be beating the shit out of, and they do, unlike yes. some teams like Rutgers who don't take care of their business. Okay. And they should be in the top twenty over Yale. Like Yale is in shambles right now. They just don't pa- pass the eye test. I think they're 20 over you. And you can make a conversation for them to be over Penn, too. Yeah, I mean, Cuse, they play Notre Dame. I don't see them winning that. They play Princeton. I think they can win that. They play Carolina. I think that's going to be a toss-up again. It's hard to beat a team twice. They're not beating Virginia, and they're not beating Duke. So Listen, I hold on. They, they just had a one-goal game against Duke. All right, but in that time... That will have been almost two months ago since they played. And I think what I just saw on Saturday from Duke, two months ago when they played Jacksonville, totally different fucking team. Listen, here's the deal. This no, is, you listen. There's, there's one reason that Syracuse can win on any given Saturday, and it's because Will Mark is in net. The kid is at 61% on the year, which is – Absurd in the ACC. He is plays a ACC schedule, and he is at sixty one percent. First year in the his first year in the ACC too. Yeah, listen. I think I think they probably go eight and eight. Worst case, actually, I'll say seven and nine. Worst case, um, they'll win at least one of the next five. And like you just never, like, you just never know, dude. They can go three and two with a win over Duke, and they're like in the conversation for an at large bid. I I. I Last last thing I'll say about Q, or about Syracuse. How about Spolina with like forty seven points this year? But after his first game against Albany, it was oh this kid's a bust. He's not going to be able to make it. It's like dude, he's he's putting up fifty points as a freshman with five games to go. Like shut up. Yeah, listen, I I his game like when I watch him play, I'm like this kid is whatever. But he they puts the ball in the back of the net and he gets numbers. Like he's not flashy. Well, he kind of is because he does that freaking 5 and 5 like weird backhand like throw yeah. it over my head thing. Which to be yeah. honest with you, a, a lesson for everybody, any of the young players out there, if you want to try that shit, if you, it doesn't go in you're you're sitting your ass on the bench, but if it goes in and you're good at it, like it, it's a it's an asset because I'll tell you what as a goalie you're sitting there five and five you're waiting for the question mark or you're waiting for somebody to get in a shooting motion if you're just gonna fling the ball behind you at like x miles an hour it's hard to save so I mean like I said I I look at him and I'm like oh that kid isn't very good but he puts the ball in the back of that so you know, yeah I think, I, I think it's also just, yeah and I'll kind of wrap it up here it's it's definitely you know we're about halfway through the season now. Obviously, conference play really does adjust 
just you know really what your team's going to be, and we're starting to see that you know come to come full circle now. Um, but it it is funny looking at like offensive efficiency that inside lacrosse put out and like Virginia's one, but Yale's two, Notre Dame three, Duke four, Q's five, Penn State six, St. Joe's seven, and Maryland eight. Like, okay, like those stats kind of made sense. You go to defensive efficiency and Yale's 39, St. Joe's is 38. <laughs> like, so I mean that that tells you why you're losing games. Yeah. And a team like Carolina, they're first. Notre Dame's second. UMass is third. Maryland's fourth. Like the elite of the elite are gonna be up there. And you know, even Virginia's at 29. That they I yeah, so that's that's an interesting one. UMass being at three is really interesting. I know well, their goal is good, but well, while we while we have a little bit more time here, we we might be able to break that for you down here, T, because UMass at five and three, they beat Army ten to eight. So that's a great win right now. They kind of dominate UMass Lowell, whatever. Wow. You get doubled up by BU. You get doubled up by Yale. You beat Albany by three. You triple up Vermont. You lose to Rutgers by six, and you beat Brown like. Besides the Yale game, there's a lot of single digits in this. Like they're they're playing a they're a, they're a weird team, man. They're gonna they're gonna frustrate you. They're gonna win at the X, and their goalie's gonna make save. But their, their goalie's the best player on the team, and that's why they're like all these scores just look like what the hell is going on. But their their goalie's at sixty two percent. I mean, th- that's that's exactly why their defensive efficiency is so good. So I guess that's the answer to my question. Yeah, I mean. Uh, Caleb Hammett, the face-off guy, he's at 54%. So if you're just looking at specialists, you you, you might have, and again, if Zach Cole doesn't win first-team all-conference out of the A-10, you might have the Fogo and the goalie, of the, you know, two at two, those two positions you might be the best in the conference at. And we've seen teams go on runs where they have that. Yeah, our, our old friends at Bryant. Yeah, or that team, or that old Brown team a couple years ago, and they had Jack Kelly and and that faceoff team. So, Dylan Malloy too, like also. But nonetheless, um, see that's gonna you know we're we're gonna cut here. Hits will come out later. DraftKings, let's let's get it going, boys. Come on, like I know the NCAA tournament's almost over. We gotta get these lines out earlier. We gotta. We gotta get on top of it. Get our shit together. We need to do our homework. Um, I totally didn't do any of my segments, so that's hand up for me. Um, a little bit more analysis, but I'll just run through a couple couple of now. Man up, Wilson Stevenson, six ground balls, three calls turnovers. Uh, Duke defenseman, unbelievable game. Man down, Shane Carr, take a seat, buddy. Uh, worst bus ride, Loyola going up to Army, getting mopped. And then best, best bus ride, UVA at Notre Dame. Um, all very straightforward, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm not, I kind of mentioned my best and worst and whatnots. Um, my two staples, the worst bus ride was definitely Rutgers. Like, get the hell out of here. And my man up was Shane Ryan. St. Joe's goalies. G-Squad. Ye- a lot of Shanes. 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 And it looks like here, from a college lacrosse standpoint, the lines are out for the games on Wednesday. And Duke has opened up as a two-and-a-half-point dog versus Virginia. 
hosting the Cavs. So right now, I think it's too early for me to decide. I, I got to crunch the numbers and, and, and take a look. But two and a half. Two and a half. Let's say our. Let's see what our future selves have to say. Wait. All right, we're back. A couple days later, some time has passed. T, and it's time for picks. I know that we are aligned on a couple. You have a an interesting one to say representing the Ivy League. Um, I'm I'm sticking to the made the big dogs this week. I'm not gonna dip my toe into the lesser conferences for now, but. T, why don't you start us off here and start with the Ivy League. Let me know where your head's at. All right, we'll let's start with the Ivy League. Now, some people might call me crazy. Actually, most people would call me crazy. But the Green Wave, Dartmouth, going into Cornell with an, as an eight-goal underdog. Eight, How many? Eight goals. Eight. They are Not six one. and one on the year, granted. They got their absolute shit kicked in at North Carolina. Throw that out. They just beat Harvard. They put up 20 against Hobart. They're taking care of business in the rest of their schedule. A little soft. But eight goals in a conference game. I'm taking Dartmouth. Plus eight. That's, it's just too many goals. It's just too many. Yeah. I mean, eight goals... A, t- a touchdown on the two-point conversion, nonetheless. Um, I- I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you in-, in a similar scenario. For me, I'm just concerned that can Cornell or can Dartmouth stop Cornell's offense, and can they score on the Cornell defense that many times? Yes, I mean. I, I I see this game not as like a, it's going to be a, a close-ish game. I see this as, you know, Dartmouth is essentially down by like 10 to 12 goals throughout the game. And then we get to like the third-ish, end of the third, maybe middle of the fourth, and the backups are in on both sides. Dartmouth comes in and they just get that backdoor cover at the end of the game and they seal the plus eight right there on the spot. I just, I mean, eight goals. Like, they were down 11 nothing to hop to, to Carolina. And I think Cornell is light years. I mean, this is a top five team. Absolutely, absolutely. Top five team. Well, well, CJ Curse probably. If, if you, if this game said Maryland versus Cornell or versus Dartmouth plus eight, would you still take Dartmouth? Maryland versus Dartmouth plus eight. No, but but I think Cornell is close. Like if this made sense, Cornell is closer to Maryland than Cornell is close. Like I, I, just, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I'm just taking the conference. I'm just taking the conference matchup in. Like these teams play each other every year. Like they know each other throw, to an throw, extent. Throw the records out the window. Yeah, just throw them out the window. Let's see what happens. For the record, Dartmouth lost to Cornell by one last year. Okay, that that is good to know. Um, it looks like Cornell or Dartmouth against the spread this year. They're four and three, which is solid. Which is solid, um, dude. But eight goals is just too much. 
it, it's a lot. Now it does scare me though. You know, they, they get an overtime win against Harvard, like you said. Just the the teams that they have beaten though. Merrimack by one, Holy Cross by a, a lot, Siena they lost. Um, oh, no, they're six and one. They've won. Oh yeah. Oh sorry, sorry. They beat they beat Siena. They beat they smashed Hobart, and forgot. I, my apologies. They whooped up on Hampton. <laughs> I, I'm going to be rooting for you, but eight eight goals. That is just that's too much. Flirting with the, all right. I'll, I'll, I'm not riding with you, but I'm, I'm cheering for you. I will be cheering from over my, there. Uh, over there, I'll, I'll be, okay. I'll be cheering from the chief seats. But all right, similar to you, my biggest spread looking at here is I, I'm going to go with and it's similar logic to what I was trying to say, but there's a game taking place in. I, I want to. I, I need to know who's home. Um, it, it's in a state. It's only a couple hours away from here. It's Crab Cates and football. It's what Maryland does. At 1 but, o'clock on ESPNU. But the maize and blue, the Michigan men, hail to the victors and the hail to the doctors and the hail, hail to Michigan, the victors of the world. Go blue. They are, they are seven-point dogs. I think that they can cover this strictly off the fact of Maryland against the spread this year is three and five. And yes, they've been, you know, they're, they're five and two as favorites, and that's great. But this Maryland team, they've had a, a stretch here where it was a dogfight against Notre Like their march has been a dogfight. Three overtimes versus Notre Dame. They smack Albany, and they were 11, 11 and a half point dogs in that one, and they win by eight or seven. And I think I think Michigan's better than Albany. Another overtime game against Virginia, and then Penn State was you know they went up. Penn State came back, and I was watching that game. And Maryland's defense, for as good as they are, they do get out of place a lot. And they are I'm not saying it's an ego defense, but they want to keep those matchups so good that you do notice from time to time like Brett Maycar is just kind of all over the field. And he'll lose his man off ball because it's like he's trying to help somebody else. And their D-mids got kind of dominated behind the cage. I think Michigan's going to try and go for that as well. Um, And for that, I will be taking Michigan plus seven. You know, they're even this year. Um, as, As dogs, they're two and three straight up. But they do cover as dogs, which is nice. Hey. I would say I, I agree with you on this one. I think this is a good take. I might tell you. I would say, well, first, obviously, the Maryland against the spread record is definitely something to be said. Michigan, I think most people would say over the past two years, Michigan is well improved. And Maryland, I guess, is not as good as they've been the past two years. And you look which at the is, matchup historically. Which is, which is crazy to say. Because it's, it's like. Because like, oh, you mean the undefeated team and the team exactly. that lost by one? Like exactly, they're still a top five team, but they, you know, they're still, they still aren't where they were. Um, and Michigan's kept this game close in the years, so mm-hmm. I think plus seven's a good, uh, good number. And yeah, it, it was eight last year, and then the year before that, it was eight again. Right. So maybe 
an intern at DraftKings was kind of just laying on the keyboard and was like, ah, seven, and just just hit it because this Michigan team is better. That Maryland team against Penn State, I mean, they had four goals from D middies in transition. But again, guys like Owen Murphy in the midfield, like that kid shoot the shit. He shoots the shit out of the ball. Um, you know, Maryland, they're they're gonna win faceoffs. Um, I think their goalie, you know, he he is a freshman, so he still has kind of like that new car smell where against Virginia, it's like, yo, this kid's gonna be legit. And Penn State, he's given up a lot of bounce shots. Um and, you know, Penn State's a good offense, too. But I just think your logic to seven goals, college lacrosse, Big Ten, I, I think it's going to be a little bit tighter um, than the experts say. So th- those are our two bigger spread games. I know we agree on two. Let's knock one of those out of the way right now. Um, Duke, Virginia, Friday night. To me, T, this game is uh, – it, It's I, I don't like it right now. This is spicy. Because if you're Virginia, okay, you just got like you just had a great game against Notre Dame. You lose a tough one at home. The pressure's gone. And now you're gonna play this team twice in two weeks. And you know, you host them once and then you go there. This game, I mean, if Duke wins, they're three and oh in the ACC. They're a lock for the ACC tournament. Probably locked for a uh, an AQ as well. Definitely locked for AQ. We kept messing up on this to our prior selves. There's no more ACC tournament anymore. Yeah, that's a shame. It's a, it's a shame. We're gonna correct ourselves. Same same episode. This is the benefit of, of recording twice. We get to edit our mistakes. There yeah, is no ACC tournament yeah. anymore. And, and our, and our, that's our why they play two teams a year. And our producers got to be better with that. Yeah, they have to be better. Hey. You guys need to figure it out back there, all right? For fuck's yeah, sake. Yeah, fucking, fucking figure it out, Charles. Um, Yeah, it's... Charles really needs to be better at that. Yeah, I mean, he's on a short leash, but the... So, again, do you wish that they could play Duke? They could switch this Lafayette and Duke game where Virginia plays Lafayette at the end of, the, at the end of April rather than play Duke right away? Like, sure, I think we'd all agree that that would be nicer. Now... I'm a daredevil. I'm a I'm a, I'm a psycho. I'm taking the Duke money line. From what I saw in person, that Duke defense is for fucking real. And you know, I think Stevenson can match up with Schellenberger. I think um, Brower can lock up with Dixon. I think their D middies are very dynamic, and they'll be able to handle uh, Shucks and McConvey. You know. Peyton Cormier, he's probably going to score three goals. That's just what he does. It's it's kind of weird, but then you look, at, you flip it, and you look at the Duke offense, and I, I just don't think. And yes, we said this earlier in the episode: the Kavanaugh brothers are dynamic, but they're not built like thirty-four and blue. Absolutely not. That, but with that being said, the the Virginia defense has a bunch of fucking aircraft carriers down there. Like they are. Giant human beings. Um, I agree with you. I am not going to take them to win, but I am taking them with two and a half points. I think like this game is going to be close. It's going to be really close. I feel like there's no like serious. Um, there's no like serious edge on either side. Like Duke's goalie is okay. I don't think whenever he's tested, he doesn't really show out. He's had a couple good games this year. Nunes is like 
getting better as the year goes on, it seems. The face-off X is going to be 50-50, no questions asked. Both defenses are good. You know, Well, that's where I think they're good. Yeah. Like, there's, there's just – this is going to be a good old classic brawl. Yeah, I mean, Klockner's going to be packed. Um, yep. It's a Friday night. Um, it's And the Duke faithful, they travel for this one. The Virginia student section, I'm sure that hill will be nice. And it's a Friday night game, which is cool. But the it's almost like in Friday Night Lights when you know the you know, like the town has all the signs up, like stores closed, go, going to state or like going to the game, and then it's like all right, well we're going to Clockner. Um, the thing that does like why I feel comfortable with with taking Duke in this is when you look at Virginia's season so far. Um, you know, it was a a weird game against Michigan that they were able to win. Harvard came back on them. Still covered and won. Ohio State, we we know that story. Richmond, no nothing. Like I thought it would be closer. Hopkins hung around for a while, and I think Hopkins offensively is. I think obviously Duke's better than Hopkins per se. And then Towson was pesty. They lose to Maryland, and they beat Notre Dame. But Maryland has the better faceoff guy. And I think I think Duke's Naso is a little bit more dynamic than that's just that's going to be the main matchup because. Like I said two weeks ago and I called the Maryland upset, if Virginia's not getting an extra five, six, seven possessions a game and Duke is getting those, well, fuck me, fellas. Like, I think Duke's going to be able to score. You think Naso, the Naso ha- that Naso has that much of an advantage over LaSala? I do. I think he – watching what he did to Zach Cole was pretty impressive. Like, he wasn't letting Cole – Win it right to him. Like Cole's very good at winning it right to himself, picking it up the ground ball and, and running yeah. the pressure. And I think Duke is just, I think they feel, and again, like, though they feel this way, I think they feel a little disrespected. Like they're nine and one. They lost to Jacksonville, who was in a fucking barn burner yesterday. And they're like, hey, if we don't lose that game, are we the number one team in the country undefeated? Because all we've I heard mean, all year is it's Maryland, it's Virginia, it's Notre Dame. And it's like, Duke's nine and one. I, 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 you're, you're right. You're right in that fact. I think, I think the face-off X is going to be a three-on-three. It's not going to be a one-on-one. I think both of these guys aren't going to like get the best of the other like that easily. So I think it's just a three-on-three matchup. You might get like one or two fast breaks on each side. Um, My boy Deemer did a full kind of breakdown on Twitter this morning and he had a good point, like the sub game because Virginia is just fucking annoying. Like, they leave him out there, and he can, like, fucking dodge. And it's like, get the fuck off the field. It, but It looks so ugly, too. It, especially with the shot clock. Like, dude, you like they have a dynamic offense. And that's just Lars. Just Lars being Lars. That's, Lars. that's, that's just Lars being Lars. Let me get my big wooden stick out before the game and throw around with the boys. Like, just fucking spare me, dude. But, I don't know. The dude's been a dog once this year. Want to know. I mean, it, it's it's going to be a great game, and I'm glad it's a Friday night game because if this was oh, a Saturday absolutely. game, then we would then it's more matchups spread across the board. So I'll give the ACC some credit for treating us to this, but Duke money line, Duke money line. I'm taking them two and a half. I don't know, I don't know if it's if it's going to be an outright win, but I, I definitely like the plus two and a half. Yeah, and, and the the line is interesting. It's the highest line for Duke this entire year. 
Last weekend, St. Joe's was actually 27 and a half. That didn't hit. I, I think this dude's defense is, is legit. Um, yeah, if you're looking for something else on this game, I think it, is the under at 28 under, or 29 right now? It's 28 and a half. Um, the under is hit. Dude, dude usually hits the under. Or no, they – I'm looking here. It's four, six, six and four, essentially, for the over. Okay. So, I mean, UVA, like, they're going to score. Like, there's yeah. no stopping that. <laughs> I don't know. I the dude the the defenses here are very good. So I don't know. I think I think, Duke, I think Duke's defense is better than Notre Dame's defense. For sure, for sure. So if, if that gives you anything, it's yeah. uh. But again, home game for um, the Blue Devils or for UVA that might add some juice to it. But I'll be locked into that, and then I'll be watching the uh, Iowa women's South Carolina Final Four matchup with Caitlin Clark. I'll be I'll be tuned into that. You bet. All in. She is college basketball. Um, so we got those two taken out. Now we got to talk about your boys. Oh, my boys. At the this DC is area. Because I got, I got some stats for you, T. Oh, I've been in the lab cooking. In the, in the lab. So right now we look at the, the matchup where my Pios will be traveling. My Pios. We'll be traveling to Georgetown and that DC traffic. On a Saturday to start us off on April Fool's Day. Flying into Dulles, driving down Route 66 Gross. into Georgetown on a rainy day. Right Don't now, Denver is 5-2 and two against the spread. They're, they're going to give them two and, two and a half here, which is interesting. Georgetown is 2-5 and five against the spread this year. Not great. The looking at the goalie play, I think it's pretty similar between these two teams. They're both right around 50%. And the face-off battle, you gotta think it goes to Denver in that in that section. Now, the one stat that I really, really am curious about is Georgetown has the more efficient offense, according to lacrosse reference, which is great. But Denver's fifth in the country in time of possession. So if Denver is kind of playing, not even just make it, take it, but they can slow down Georgetown's offense, I think that's going to be enough where that two and a half late in the game could be in play. But Georgetown has gotten away with poor faceoff play under 50% in all of their wins. That, that kind of scares me if you're a Georgetown fan. I am, Which you are. I am a Georgetown fan. And Patrick, Patrick Ewing, Allen Iverson, TJ Jones. Yes. Um Ed Cooley. What was your uh what was their record against the spread? It's like really good, isn't it? It's like six and one. Yeah. So Georgetown again or Denver against the spread, they're five and two. Five and two. Um, yeah. I am going to take Denver plus two here. Um come, I did, come to this side. Come. I'm not coming to that side. I will be rooting for my DC boys. However, I it's hard for me to see them them winning this game. They like <laughs> it's just I want to root for them, but they're just not living up to their standard. Well, I think I think it's also I mean, I know you said it earlier the past 10 weeks, but you know, they did play Hop, Penn, and Notre Dame and Princeton. But now looking back at that slate, 
Like, yeah, Hopkins is good. Penn's an okay team. Notre Dame's a, a top-tier team. And then Princeton, we we don't really know. They're kind of like in no man's land. For what it's so, worth, for what it's worth, I agree with the losses. Like Penn is definitely not a good loss anymore. Hopkins is a okay loss. Like it's acceptable. Notre Dame, it, Notre Dame's a top five team. They're in the top five. Like that is yeah. what it is. Um, Princeton is definitely that. That they were they were favored. Deep. They were favored yeah. against Notre Dame two and a half. I know. Princeton is that win is dwindling. But like these mid major wins, like Richmond is a good win. High point beating the shit out of High Point is good. Like, and Lehigh's a good win. They, if they, like, these are, they don't have an easy schedule. Like, the next, I mean, they're not, they're not, they don't have a shot in it at large bid. So they have to win the Big East. Denver and Villanova are their two biggest games coming up. Yeah. I mean, the Loyola game will be interesting based off of, like, if they can, if they can just, like, play with Loyola or, like, where that's a good test of where they will be going into the postseason. But if they win out, and losing the Big t- Big East Championship, like maybe if some crazy shit happens, depends how it all shakes out. I agree, but but it just that Lehigh game scares me because six point favorites, they win by two. They were down. Their offense put, puts in seventeen goals. I just don't see that happening against a Denver team that has a better offense than Lehigh. No disrespect to Coach Cassis and those boys. No, I, I mean, I don't disagree with you. I'm taking Denver plus two. I don't like it, but it's just the right play. Like, it just is. I agree. Um, I, yeah, so you can only get that at two now. It was it opened at two and a half. Oh, that's a good hook. Um, now, next thing I look at here is my last game, and then we're going to end with UT. But I know you have an opinion on this one. The Blue Jays of Johns Hopkins – Taking on the Scarlet Knights of Rutgers. This game is going to tell us a lot. Whether if Rutgers, if they're frauds, I think this is the fraud bowl. This is not the fraud bowl. It's only the fraud bowl for one team. I I think it could go both ways. How 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 so, could you call Hopkins a fraud after losing a Big Ten game to Rutgers where they just beat Michigan, they beat Delaware, they beat Cuse, okay, but okay. a close game of Virginia? Like, this team is not fraudulent at all. Hear me out. Hear me out. Let them, let them speak. Let them speak. I think, I think this is a game that if Hopkins loses and then you look at what they have ahead, it's Penn State, it's Ohio State, and they end with Maryland. You don't want this to be the start of a potential four game to go. You don't want to go two and two in this stretch. You definitely don't want to go one and three in this stretch and have poor momentum going into the Big Ten playoffs because you're going to need all the help you can get to avoid Maryland in the first game. I mean, now. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Now, with Rutgers, and and you've said this for a while now, so I'm going to give credit to you here. The fuck is Rutgers done this year? Hey, thank you. Because I look at their schedule and I see Marist, I see Stony Brook. It's like okay, like you should win those. You lose the Army, who's a, you know a top seven team now. You beat Loyola, who's dying off, and then you beat St. John's, Utah. You go to overtime with the Tigers of Princeton, and you beat UMass whose offense is horrendous and you beat 
you know, you lose you lose to Ohio State, whose offense hurts my eyes. That was that was the fraud game. That that is that is that was me. I, everybody remembers it. Last week when we went over this game, I'm like, I'm like, hey, hey, Ohio State, hey, Rutgers, what do you what are we gonna see here? Who who's gonna be the bigger fraud? Rutgers is the bigger fraud. Rutgers should have walked into walked into Columbus, Ohio, and beaten Ohio State, and instead they turned around and just flat out lost to a bad team. I I I have I don't feel any different about Hopkins if they lose to Rutgers. I will feel differently if Hopkins loses to Penn State and Ohio State. But I feel it all depends about how these next three games go. If they lose to Rutgers and they lose to Penn State, the Ohio State game's huge. If they beat Rutgers and lose to Penn State, they just have to they just have to play Ohio State at home and take care of business. So Hopkins no, is, I mean, is okay. No, Rutgers Hop- is Hop- Hop- Hopkins is going to be fine. They're they're uh, you know they're 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 one and a half point dogs, which I think is kind of wild when you really look at the now. This all depends if Tim Marcel's playing. So whatever whatever's going on with that, because I saw they played two goalies against Michigan. Dude, they and, played the old Brian goalie. No way, that was him. Yeah, I can't pronounce his last name. Luke Carasciola, whatever Carasciola. Uh. He's the Bryant kid. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was. It was tough to pronounce his last name when when he played against St. Joe's. Um, yeah. Now, Rutgers. I'm giving them the nod. Now, listen. Rutgers scores more goals per game, two more goals per game, and they give up two less goals per game than Hopkins. Now, that's just off of the schedule that I mentioned that Rutgers played. They have the tenth strength of record, which I think I don't know who's judging that, but Hopkins is fourth, and. Hopkins has seen some offenses between, you know, beating Jacksonville and beating Georgetown. That North Carolina and Loyola losses looked so weird now, but they both have beaten Utah. They beat St. Joe's. They played Virginia tough. And then they beat Hughes, Navy, Delaware, and Michigan. They're kind of rolling now. Yes, Rutgers has the not at the faceoff effect, which is going to be huge. But this game's at Homewood. And for some reason, I just think Hopkins is more battle-tested than Rutgers is. And for that, Hop, one and a half. Play yeah. the music. Yeah, Hop hop plus one and a half. Let the band roll. On to the next one. I hope Quint's on that game, too. And it's just a suck fest from him. Just uh, No, it's a Saturday. He has the he has the Duke UVA game tomorrow. So I don't think – I don't think – He'll go to this one. No, he no, he won't do back to back. That'll be yeah. uh, they're gonna put in, they're gonna put Cotter and Kark on this on Friday night, and they might go Quint and Anish on Saturday. No, 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 I I saw Quint tweet about the UVA game. I don't know if that means he's doing it, but I saw him tweet about it. So I I gotta imagine he's doing it. Well, if he's on the Hopkins game, it's just like Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah, like, it's like Kark doing a Q's game, but uh. No, it, oh, oh, both of these are on ESPN, you know, Maryland, Michigan, and Hopkins Rutgers. So I'm going to say Kark is going to do the uh, – I think Kark's going to do the Hopkins game. He's been, he's, been with, he's been with Cotter a lot. Yeah, and then Dixie they, – they'll have the Big well, Ten guys do one of these, right? Well, well no, the Big Ten plays on – there's game Sunday. You got Penn State, Ohio State on Sunday. Oh, Big Ten's doing the Sunday And that's going to be Joe Badanani. Go, Buckeye!
I, lo- I love him on a call, though. <laughs> he shoots, he scores! Like, he's like that old school, like, hockey announcer. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, him and, him and Dixie are always uh, a fun listen to. But, T, who do you got to finish out the week? Uh, finishing out the week. Speaking of our boy Joel Beninati, I've got Penn State minus one and a half on a Sunday. Wow. I think I still think Ohio State is a bunch of fucking frauds, and I think Penn State looks real damn good this year. And I don't know why, but they just they just look good. They're a team that is overachieving this year, and they're doing a great job. I'm taking Penn State minus one and a half. Minus one and a half, the Nittany Lions. Yeah, I watching watching a couple Penn State games this year. I think they um their offense is interesting because they got six guys that all score pretty frequently. They're, they're a very balanced offense. But the thing that I I worry about is, like, is this Ohio State team, like, finally starting to click? And it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, we have two All-American cover guys on our defense. But at that point, their offense sucks so bad. Their offense is awful, dude. I I I just have no faith in Ohio State. No faith. I And I wish I could have a – Dude, I, 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 I was high on them early in the year, and then one, once they went down to uh, Notre Dame and laid an absolute dump, I was like, okay, this. I was like, this sucks. Like you guys are, you was it? Yeah, it was them. They they got shut out when we were in college. Ohio State. I'll, I'll, I'm gonna find the game right now. They played. I think it was 2016. It was, oh, dude. We were in school and they and they got shut out to Notre Dame. Nine nothing. 2015. <laughs> nine, nine, nothing. That's, That's terrible. terrible. That's, That's terrible. terrible. Oh my yeah. god! I did not know that. I don't, actually, I do remember that, but. Good grief! That's nine, nine, nothing. That's fucking heinous. Terrible. Now yeah. again, I don't, I don't think that's going to be the case um, this time. But so I mean, I, I think Penn State's just. I think their guy Posey is going to shut down Jack Myers, and we've seen like yeah, he's played okay, and they've still won games. But I think Penn State's just too balanced. And for that reason, I, I would also go Penn State if I was a betting man. But I'm not this week. You're not. No, I got my four. Um, right. and, and T, just running through it here to, to recap this episode a little longer. But I am taking Duke Moneyline versus UVA. Denver plus two over Georgetown. Hopkins plus one and a half over Rutgers. And the maize and blue of Michigan plus a touchdown over Michigan. Or over Maryland. Christ. It's a big, it's a big dog weekend for us. A lot of dogs. Pod. I'm going Duke with the points. I'm not going to take them to win. I think it's a good take though. I got Denver plus two. I got, I got the green wave of Dartmouth plus eight over the big red. I got Blue Jays plus one and a half, and I'm finishing off Sunday with the favorites in, in the Nittany Lions, the fighting Anthony Kiedis's. <laughs> the, the fighting red hot chili peppers. The fighting red hot Nittany chili peppers. <sighs> Well, that'll wrap it up here for episode 10. Um, good luck to everybody this weekend. You know, make sure you get in early. Make sure you get those bets in. Sit on the couch. A lot of televised games, which is going to be great. 
and overall a lot of money to be made and you know next week i think we'll be able to have a really good understanding of where a lot of these teams are we'll start to talk a little bit more to warton and you know really who's for real and, and who are the posers are this year so for this week t always a pleasure and i will talk to you next week my friend cheers everybody